0: hello and welcome to easy big, big takes. takes the podcast where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more my name's kat and i'm riley and today we are gonna do orphan first kill the prequel to orphan which we did last week horror movie marathon we're starting out strong mm-hmm. this came out this year 2022 yeah in august yeah right oh god really same weekend I got proposed to. <laughs> Just gonna drop that there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we watched the movie before we like the day oh, before we went. You we went so proposed to me. Oh my god,
1: that's so fantastic! <laughs> I love that. Well, it's rated R. It's an hour thirty nine minutes, so perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. good. I didn't even realize it was short. Like the other one was that much longer. Like it's like two hours, right? hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's kind of odd. This one. Hour 39? It's perfect. I'm going to go ahead and read you the plot. On January 26, 2007, Estonian psychi- psychiatric patient Lena Klammer, a 31-year-old woman with a rare hormonal disorder called, and you're going to have to help me out with that, mm-hmm that gives her the appearance of a 10-year-old child, orchestrates an escape from the Sard Institute by seducing and killing a guard and hiding in the car of Anna, an art therapist. After bringing to Anna's house and killing her, Lena looks up missing American girls and finds that she bears resemblance to a girl named Esther Albright, who went missing in 2003. Posing as a lost girl, Lena is approached by an Estonian police officer and introduces herself as Esther, claiming that her parents are in the United States. In Darien, Connecticut, wealthy artist Alan Albright and his wife, philanthropist Trisha, who has since come to terms with the disappearance of their daughter, are informed by Detective Donan that Esther has been found. Trisha travels to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, where she is reunited with Esther. Trisha brings Esther home and immediately starts to have doubts when she notices that Esther has forgotten about the death of her grandmother or that her painting skills have increased enormously compared to before she disappeared. Lena grows fond of Alan after they both start bonding over their painting skills and tries to separate him from Trisha. While Trisha and Alan attend a charity gala hosted by Trisha, Donna arrives at the house and steals a vinyl record from Esther's room, a room which has Lena's fingers on it.
0: That's the stubborn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the glowing of love. Does she sing it on the first one? Mm-hmm. She sings it whenever she like she has the other mom. I don't like I don't want to take a bath with the door open. Okay, that makes it Yeah.
1: He takes it back to his house unaware that Lena has followed him and analyzes the fingerprints to find it is not a match. Lena attacks Donnan before Trisha arrives, having followed Lena, and shoots him dead. Trisha reveals that she knows Lena is not Esther, who died four years earlier during an altercation with Trisha's son, Gunnar, which Trisha covered up without Alan's knowledge. Lena reveals her true identity to Trisha, and the two then dispose of Donnan's body in a cellar hatch where Esther was buried, and frame his disappearance as a vacation trip by forging an email to the police station. Knowing that it would be too suspicious if Esther were to disappear again, Trisha agrees to continue Lena's act for Alan's sake, and Lena and Trisha remain on guard with each other. Trisha eventually attempts to poison Lena during dinner, but Lena refuses to eat the food and excuses herself. Lena feeds the food to the rat that lives in her room and later finds the rodent dead from ingesting the poisoned meal. Lena retaliates by making a green smoothie mixed with the rodent's carcass for Trisha. That was nasty. Mm hmm. That was, oh, I would have thrown up too. Uh, yeah. Alan reveals he is going into the city to meet about a potential art gallery. At the train station, Lena attempts to kill Trisha and Gunnar by pushing them in front of a train, but her attempts are interrupted by a passing commuter. With Alan away, Lena tries fleeing by stealing Trisha's car that she is soon found by a police officer. That night, Lena is brought back to the Albright house, and Trisha and Gunnar finally decide to kill Lena. Trisha tries to stage a suicide, but Lena fights back and flees before Gunner throws her down the stairs. Distracted by a phone call from Alan, who is returning home, Trisha and Gunner search for her when she disappears. Lena shoots Gunner with a crossbow, then repeatedly stabs him with his fencing sword. Trisha and Lena fight in the kitchen and inadvertently setting, inadvertently setting the house alight in the process, and the pair flee to the roof as Alan returns home. Trisha and Lena both slip and end up clinging to the roof, begging Alan to save them, with Lena claiming that Trisha Attacked her, and Trisha trying to reveal the truth about Lena. Trisha falls to her death, and Alan lifts Lena to the roof. As he comforts her, Lena removes her disguise, realizing she is not Esther. Alan calls her a monster. In rage, she pushes him-, pushes him off the roof to his death, and leaves the burning house after cleaning off the blood on her face and dressing herself as esther later esther is moved to an orphanage where she waits for a new family to
0: adopt her i wonder what happens after that exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a director william brent bell and then we have screenplay writer david
0: cogshell and then the stories by david leslie johnson mcgoldrick and alex base He wrote the script for the first movie, and then Alex Mace came up with the story for the first movie as well. Oh, cool.
1: Okay. The cast is, of course, with Isabel Furman, who plays Esther, slash Lena. Julia Stiles plays Tricia Albright. Rose of Sutherland plays Alan Albright. Hiro Karagawa plays Detective Donnan. Matthew Finland plays Gunnar. And Samantha Walks plays Dr. Seeger, the therapist- I have a little bit of trivia. Film from November November through December of twenty twenty, Isabel Furman was twenty three, which makes her closer to the age of Lena, the true identity of Esther, than when she appeared in the first film where she had turned eleven during filmmaking. Some of the cast who were the same height as Is- Isabelle Furman, while in frame had to wear tall platform shoes while standing next to her to make her appear shorter, acting as forced perspective.
0: Why did they just stand on an Apple box? Why did they have to wear platform shoes? <laughs> I guess if they're walking. If they're walking. If they're walking. But also, like, half the
1: time she was in frame, it just looked like she was, like, fi- like on her knees, you know? Yes. And they were just yeah. filming from that perspective. It yeah, that's what I so- thought. That's what I thought, too. Or, like, on a stool, just shorter somehow. Yeah. One of this film's goals as a prequel was to cover up a much criticized plot hole in the first film, which is how exactly did Esther get from Estonia to an American orphanage without having been dropped off by anybody? Even with forged paperwork, Esther would not have been able to simply show up with it.
0: That's true. That is true. And I didn't even think of that as a plot hole. I was just like, this bitch seems like determined. So I believe that she got here somehow.
1: I, I want to note that they say in the two thousand nine movie that she's from Russia. Like that's just a line. Like
0: yeah, they
1: don't. E- they don't even say that
0: she was their child.
1: No, she. They don't. Because technically, if we were basing it off this movie, she is American. She was just kidnapped, and like she developed the accent. Yeah, exactly. She, which is it a real thing? And that's like like there's an actual case where like a guy tried to do that.
0: But they were like, you were like 13. (laughs) There's no way you would pick up an accent. They said she was taken when she was young enough to where like she could have, I think it wouldn't have been as heavy. I could see like a small child like developing it in like slight ways, but not. Right. Not a 13 year old.
1: Like if she was a toddler, sure. She'd been gone for a few years. But like she was also like the real Esther was writing in a journal. This is an elementary school child. Old enough to write. Yeah, like a first grader. It would have not happened. Mm-mm. It would not happen. But anyway, so like in this movie, technically, if she is Esther, but she she takes that persona. She is like she's going to be identified as American. She has yeah Esther's papers. So the fact that in the 2009 film, they say she's Russian doesn't that doesn't add up.
0: Because I always thought the mom in the the other one finds the journal or the the Bible, mm-hmm. sees the Sarn Institute, and she calls and it's in Estonia. Mm-hmm. So like that sort of gets cleared up. But mm-hmm. the the fact that the orphanage gets her origin wrong. Yeah. And I guess that's, yeah, that's just like a continuity error from the first movie to this prequel. It's complicated. It's so complicated. I feel like they were more focused on filling that plot hole of how'd she get here. Yeah, but it's like rich people adopt babies from other countries all the time. That's true, very true. So like, I guess like, it wasn't a plot hole to me. Yeah, personally, that I I guess I don't know. It didn't come up in any of any of the stuff last week. That's the thing. I wasn't bothered by it. Like it, yeah. uh, it made
1: sense to me. But like
0: with the prequel. That's when it kind of got altered for me. They dug a bigger plot hole <laughs> trying to fill this one. Exactly. Yeah. A little bit more trivia. Uh, similar to the
1: first film, the poster is perfectly symmetrical, this time with half of Esther's back mirrored with the addition of blood spatter on one of her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Isabel Furman is the only cast member from the original movie to return. Well, why would the other ones return? They're all, yeah, exactly.
0: Why would they show up? <laughs> but that's, that's what they wanted to throw in there. They they could have showed out that would have been interesting. It would have it would have like get the at the end maybe. Yeah.
1: These next two trivia points are really funny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna read it back to back. Isabel Furman was digitally dh to make her appear sm- similar to how she does in the original film.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think they were successful in that. She looked young. She looked young, just not 10. She didn't look the same. No. And in the same breath, back to back, this trivia from IMDB
1: goes, according to director William Brent Bell, they didn't use a lot of digital effects to do this. Instead, using makeup, forced
0: perspective and a body double for certain shots. I guess, well, if they only digitally de-aged her, maybe the other stuff wasn't, you know, maybe, I don't, so you're a liar, is
1: what you're telling me? Who's telling the truth?
0: (laughs) I mean, they probably used a little bit. They probably didn't, they probably tried not to use a lot because it it doesn't say they didn't use it at all. It says didn't use a lot. Didn't use a lot. But the fact that they put those back to back, it's- It's really funny. That is funny.
1: A little goof in The Orphan 2009 where they speak of the fire that Esther survives uh, that is seen at the end of this movie. They refer to the family as the Sullivans, although the last name of this film is the Albrights.
0: I feel like they could have solved that by her having a family between the two. And a lot of people were bringing that up and they were wondering if that's the case. Maybe that's what happened and both of them died in a fire. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe her- that's her MO. There you go. That, that, could be this, that could be the reason to clear all of this up. They
1: have to make a third movie. Yeah. They got to do it, though, to prove to prove that this
0: is a goof. The second kill. <laughs> exactly. In between. Because there's, like, a good year. Yeah, she's in the orphanage for a while. Maybe it could be, like, maybe she didn't kill them. Maybe they sent her back or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me what you thought of this. Okay. So I wrote, I wrote down notes. Mm-hmm. I, whenever I was looking into, like, whether I wanted to do the first one or this one, I didn't read any of the reviews, but I was just seeing, like, what the reception was. About the same. As the other one mm-hmm. I'm a little a little above in the middle about it, if that makes sense like i don't I don't love love it mm-hmm. but I don't have a lot of dislike for it, yeah, okay. I think it's a good follow up movie mm-hmm. It checks boxes. it feels like a little bit of like it's more fan service than anything. you know the guard at the beginning that was doing the watching the cameras mm-hmm. deserved what he got. I think that's true for a lot of people in this movie, yes. Like we were saying last week at the end, you're on Esther's side in this one.
1: <laughs> you are. It flips on you. And I, that's what I liked about this movie.
0: Yeah. And it, it's not to say that, like, I think Esther's great now. It's just like she's, she's in the other position. The least evil, apparently. Yeah. And she kind of learns her, like, how to do everything a little better from this family. Mm-hmm. It fucking killed me. Every time they would cut to a shot from behind her... <laughs> And it was clearly a child stand-in. It just is so, it's so funny because it's adult, an adult woman's hands, an adult woman's face. Her head. Her, big her ass head, head is huge because she's an, she's an adult. She's an adult. And it got to behind and it's a tiny little child <laughs> head. It's so jarring. It's so the opposite of seamless. And I love shit like that. It's like whenever you see a stunt double and you could tell it's a stunt double.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pause it and it's like... A teenage girl is the main character and it's a grown man in a wig. Yes. Like that kind of shit. It's just so funny. It's very funny. I thought the movie was going to be about Anna, the like art therapist lady. Yes. Because it's like from her perspective in the beginning. So that was confusing. I knew it was about her origin story. I just didn't really watch any trailers or anything. I didn't watch any either. So I thought it was about the the art therapist too. Yeah. And then she just like immediately breaks out and (laughs) kills the art therapist and- plays her piano with bloody hands which is like why would you do that why would you do that why would you such a nice apartment your fingerprints are everywhere (laughs) no kidding that's the thing they're gonna know you're there it's not 1955 okay you can't just you can't just touch everything definitely dna evidence at this point you cannot touch everything especially when you are like that intense of a criminal you there's a dna database People will know you're gone. People already know you're gone. Mm -hmm. You're a dangerous, violent criminal. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go to this woman's house who was literally just where you were. And you're going to kill her. And you don't think they're going to think, hmm, I think that might have been Lena. (laughs) And we know exactly what she looks like. And she literally talks to a police officer right after. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm a little girl. My parents are in America. You don't think they have your picture up at the police station? Yeah. At this point. You
1: were a murderer. There should have been, I don't know what you call it, like breaking news. Look out for this
0: person. Yeah, there should have been something. The fact that she was able to get all the way to America without anybody in between being like, that looks like that, that woman that escaped from the Sarn Institute. Should we tell somebody? In the 70s, that shit would fly. Two thousand seven? No, I don't know. I don't think so. No, it'd be way harder. She probably didn't erase the internet history on that woman's laptop. No, so they could have seen. Oh, oh my
1: God! They would
0: know what she was looking at. Exactly, exactly where she's going, exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about that until this moment.
1: Cause isn't well, also isn't there a thing like it doesn't matter how much you clear the history? Like, can't they go into the, like the computer database or stuff?
0: I'm not a computer I expert. Think so. I might
1: be making something up, but like,
0: couldn't they? I'm not either. I'm not going to pretend I am. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's possible cuz it's like I don't If anybody knows, let us know let because us know. we we're Lord, not going to see here in, and- like how much she screwed herself.
1: <laughs> it like in real life, if this happened in real life how much was she have, how fast was she gotten caught. <laughs>
0: There are no witnesses. Like, she was just going to push them off of the- tra- down to the train tracks. Like, there was nobody else waiting for a train that would have seen that. Well, she literally ran into someone. Had she done it a few seconds earlier, that person would have obviously seen. Like, this movie is acting like security cameras don't exist and people mind their business. Yeah. And neither of those things are true. <laughs> exactly. But the next thing I had was, like, the dad is so goofy in this one. I love the dad in this one.
1: I do, too,
0: because he's so kept out of the loop. <laughs> Of everything, the mom is so completely opposite. She is trying to keep this away from him, rather than being like, "I think there's something wrong." She's like, "Nothing's wrong." It's so refreshing in that way because the movie. I love, I love when women gaslight like men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what we deserve. Re- it's very refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very refreshing for this movie to like it because for a little bit in this movie, you're like, "This is just kind of playing out like the old one," mm-hmm. but then we get that big twist. And it's very
0: yeah very. That's where it's like okay, this we're in a different dynamic. Yeah, and I I like that. I mm-hmm. like that they didn't just do the exact same thing. I like that it was a completely different angle to come out like this kind of story too. Mm-hmm. I love the line when the brother is throwing a party and Esther comes out and she's like, "I don't want to go watch a movie. I want to hang out out here." And he's like, "Esther, this isn't your scene." <laughs> To this child?
1: Her scene? (laughs) Her scene. And it's so funny because he knows. He doesn't know how old she is yet. But he knows it's it's just a random child.
0: Yeah, because he
1: killed her. Yeah the how casual he is about it that's how you know he's a psychopath
0: well not only because he murdered his little sister it seemed kind of like the opposite of the brother and the other one where he shoots the pigeon and he didn't realize that it could hurt it where yeah. it's like he knows he can hurt her but he didn't think he would kill her he thought he'd still be able to just keep using her as a punching bag or whatever the fuck
1: it's, he still sounds like a psychopath the fact that he
0: yeah the fact he would he relentlessly hurting his sister that often to where it got pushed that far and you know what that reminds me of Sounds like Jomine A. Ramsey, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. It does sound like that. You know how, you know, the brother's annoying in the other one? Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking hate <laughs> the brother <laughs> in this movie. Him and the mom deserved everything. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost as satisfying as Esther's death in the other in the first yes. movie. Yes. I was very happy about it too. Cause he is the worst. Her taking off in the car is so fucking funny. I love it. Iconic. It oh is God. true. Like, she just immediately lights up a cigarette, puts on <laughs> lipstick and sunglasses, and is just cruising. Oh, also, the cop just walking into their house and just grabbing evidence, you couldn't use that in That's court. Not, it's not going to be, they're not going to
1: take that because they're going to ask you, how did you get it? Did you get a search warrant for this? No? Then you can't use it as
0: evidence. What what was he gonna do from there? Are they just gonna be like, oh well, this is such a big fine. We're gonna ignore the fact that you stole this from their house without their consent or a warrant. It's well, that's
1: the fucked up thing too, because like, as much as I as that sounds like, like, it's not rational, but like, it still proves that that's not that's not Esther.
0: Yeah, you're not Batman though. Like, you can't just get away with not (laughs) following the rules. You can't do that shit. You'll lose your yeah. You'll prove it, but you lose your job. Yeah. At first, I liked. the mom? Like I liked the dynamic they had of where like Lena could stay. Mm-hmm. And she had no choice but to let her stay. Yes. Well, it's such a tricky situation that they're all in.
1: <laughs> yeah, they ha- everyone
0: has to everyone has to comply with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's all just to keep the dad happy. <laughs> just the dad just painting. Just, just just happy again. The beginning when he's fencing, they try to make him look so badass. It's fencing. I'm sorry. Like, it's cool. It's cool. It's a certain (laughs) amount of skill. I'm not shitting on fencing. It is perfect, though, for that family and for that character, too, to have... It's that old money thing. That old money, that snobby... It's like polo, you know? That's how I think of fencing. Yeah. But it wasn't super exciting, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it did its job, and it was fun to watch, and she's 23, In this one, not 10, but somehow less sexual stuff happens in this one than in the one when she was 10. That's the irony of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a lot less icky to talk about this one so far. Yeah. But what about you? I liked
1: it because one of those where like, it's hard to believe someone went into this taking it seriously like oh it's gonna be like a really good prequel Mm -hmm. to the original i'm like if you saw the original and they're making a prequel you should you should have my expectations were correct Mm -hmm. they were low
0: and i was just happy to be here yeah just Mm -hmm. happy to just happy to be watching it yeah, I kept forgetting that she lives. <laughs> yeah. You know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. after it. I like when a prequel is able to still build that tension a little bit. Well, especially in this one cuz you're cheering for her. Mm-hmm. So it's a di- it's
1: such a different dynamic, and which I appreciate with that with this movie. I'm really so much yeah. Happy that there there was a good twist in this one cuz it, it would have just repeated itself,
0: honestly, had it not been mm-hmm. for this twist. I appreciated the twist, so I was really happy about that. I liked that, too. Like, I like new context when you come back to it. Exactly.
1: I thought it was very uh, risky or, like, even, like, ballsy of her to just go on the internet, look up any random child that she somehow resembles, and just go see that family. you don't know, and just happens to, like, pick the richest family (laughs) in fucking Connecticut. to like... Yeah. Like, how lucky of her to do that? Because this could have been, I mean anywhere she keeps finding like the richest families in the most luxurious houses mm-hmm. and what does she do tries to kill them
0: burn down the houses onto the next one try to fuck the dad and move on how lucky can you be stop trying to fuck the dad stop it's weird it's, it's, it's weird stop and this one especially he thinks you're his daughter you're his long lost daughter the family is equally if not more evil mm-hmm. and like the mom's not even doing it to protect herself it's like her family's image
1: exactly and i wanted to bring that up it's her family's image but also it's got that weird like like i love my son more than my daughter kind of thing because obviously there was a favorite there's nothing else i could do for her because she was all like i love my daughter but you know i gotta protect my family i'm like that just sounds like an excuse i don't know the mom just made me really angry with that so i was on Esther's side as soon as i that unveiled itself oh yeah well other than that that was like basically all my thoughts (laughs) we're gonna move on to the critics this first one is by paul burns he wrote this august 31st and it's titled the senseless horror movie that's like tolstoy but with a lot more blood and he gave it three and a half stars and they said that the movie doesn't qualify necessarily as a horror movie because it isn't that scary but offers other things like it has a touch of gallows humor a twist that's hard to predict and a third act that takes us a long way from kansas if you catch my drift and i didn't because i don't know what that means I don't know what he's mean by that. Like a Wizard of Oz reference. Yeah, but like, is it because she's far from Estonia? So I'm. I'm trying to.
0: um, Because it says third act takes us a
1: long way from Kansas.
0: We might just we might just be stupid. If anyone else (laughs) understands, I think it's just because she's like she she left home, Mm -hmm. or I I don't know. I can't. I didn't catch it, your drift, Paul. I'm sorry. Or, I don't or know. maybe it's because she's in this, like, really good situation, like, going to Oz. Like, this is, like, the perfect setup <gasps> okay. for her. Yeah, okay. All right. And there's a wicked witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's her. <laughs> it's the mom. <laughs> Paul mentions
1: The Omen and the Innocence, both movies based off evil children. But they mentioned those two movies and like in comparison and it's a favorite trope of horror. Children are supposed to be born innocent, but what if not all of them are? That's a nasty thought because it justifies, or tries to justify, violence against children. But only bad children, the ones who kill. War for First Kill has an ingenious script that navigates these these shoals with care. Horror in one sense is all about managing expectations, either in the camera angles used to alert us that something bad this way comes, or to tell our nerves to stand down, or to throw us off the scent. Director William Brent Bell, with six early horror films to his credit, has had plenty of practice making outrageous and silly ideas come to life. And prison, sees death.
0: Ba-dum-ba. Ba-dum-ba. I'm sorry. I'm just looking up what other movies he's done because I don't think I've. I I didn't get the chance to look at it because I I was also curious about that. Let me just check real quick. Oh, he did the the boy. Oh. Um.
1: <laughs> and they end by saying orphan first kill would not pass logical examination by a reasonably si- sentient teenager but it has fun with its materials and does not lose sight of its one governing idea, that every family is weird in its own peculiar way. Change weird to unhappy and we got Tolstoy, but was with more blood.
0: I mean, yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> every family is weird when they are it's just them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like-
1: yep. This next one is called Orphan First Kill. is one hilariously bad horror movie sequel. This is by Nick Shager, the TheDailyBeast.com. They say the first movie was a fright-free affair defined by its absurdity and Isabel Furman's performance. They say the sequel was going to be inevitably and unintentionally hilarious. It is. They go on to say, quote, whereas the original Orphan hinged on the twist that its youthful star was playing a secret grown-up, Liam Brent Bell's lousy follow-up, which is set two years before its predecessor, reverses this illusion, featuring the now 25-year-old Furman, a young-looking Esther. Think of it as the horror version of Clifford, orchestrated <laughs> via lots of close-ups that position Furman's face at the bottom of the frame to better suggest her shortness and routine use of body doubles, who are seen only from the rear for any master shots. The effort exerted to pull off the this ruse is both considerable and transparent, turning the entire affair into a weird stunt. A situation exaggerated by the fact that no matter the makeup used to D.H. Furman, she no longer has the visage of a 10-year-old.
0: Mostly the body doubles is what made me laugh. I didn't really care that she didn't look like a 10-year-old. There's kind of like a suspension of disbelief thing with this movie that I was willing to do. I had a hard time.
1: But I think it
0: added to the comedy of this movie. Uh-huh. Anytime she was on screen, but they really, they really did take make a lot of use of like putting her lower in the like her face, they- her head like in the corner of the room, <laughs> 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 just tiny like a kid peering over. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because
1: like they always teach you about headspace, and it just looks like they were doing too much headspace <laughs> in the movie. That's all I could think of. Yeah, That's it- all I could think of, like her head was down here, and there's all this headspace above her. I'm like, it just looks like they did it wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can see, like, the gears turning in their heads where they're like, that'll work. That'll work. That, that looks like a child on screen. One of the most hilarious parts in this movie is when the mom throws her over the kitchen island. <laughs> you just see the little, like, child body fly over the fucking <laughs> <broken> island. <laughs> That's the funniest. Because you know it's like a rag doll. You know, just, like, dressed up
1: as her. You'd hope. you hope. you hope it wasn't a, a, a child to double. I just love it. It's so
0: <laughs> that was funny. It is visually hilarious. Yes. This movie. It is.
1: It's. There's no way this movie could be taken seriously. There's no way. Yeah. They go on to say that the movie should have pulled a "What We Do in the Shadows" and CGI'd her head on a, like a little body uh, to match the lucracy <laughs> of it all. But says the movie feigned seriousness while also indulging in the ridiculousness, which I think is a good way to say it because it's not like they don't know
0: yeah you know it doesn't feel like they're taking it too serious it
1: doesn't feel like the first one
0: the original no it
1: doesn't feel like
0: it no there's a different tone to it there's an awareness to
1: this one yes i don't think it's a great awareness but it, it it's there yeah. They quote the idea that no one verified Esther's identity by checking her fingerprints or DNA. Instead, everyone just na- naively buys that and Esther is selling a bit of EDC that feels directly related to the film itself, which repeatedly asks us to ignore what we see and know about Furman, and to instead pretend that the actress continues to look like a little kid when her face is that of a twenty-something woman who have no problem ordering a drink at a bar. Bell's constant cross-cutting between tight. Profiles of Furman and wide shots of a child's back render the proceedings stilted and silly, especially when she's forced to tussle with a genuine adult in skirmishes that have more than a whiff of child's play style cartoonishness
0: to them. And that, I think that's <laughs> what you were talking about when she gets over the she island. Tosses her or gets thrown down the stairs. Right. There was one thing they said. Her face, I guess she has no baby fat in her face. Mm -hmm. So there's like no child softness to like her jaw or Mm. like her cheeks. It's just this very adult cheekbone. Like there's not much they could have done. Yeah, I mean, they could have prosthetic, like, maybe baby fat.
1: Yeah, they could have put a lot more makeup on her thinking about, but maybe it just would have made her... They probably
0: tried. They probably tried, but it probably made her, like, her head too big, if you think about. it. Yeah, and I don't know if you ever heard anything about the movie version of Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. They put makeup on him to try and age him down, but it made him look even older. Oh... So maybe they, like, tried that, and it didn't didn't get the effects they wanted.
1: Yeah, it's not convincing, but suspend your belief for the sake of the movie. It's still worth it. Get a giggle. It adds to the funniness of the movie. I think yeah. it adds to it. Yeah, I agree. They quote, Orphan revealed that Esther's previous adopted clan had died in a tragic house fire, making Orphan first kill one long, slow march toward that calamity. There's no chance that Esther will perish or that anyone else will survive, thereby negating all traces of suspense. Worse than that, predictability, however, is the thrill's overarching lack of inspiration. Epitomized by Trisha deducing Esther's origins by flipping through her Estonian Bible and finding a Sarn Institute library stamp, the very same means by which Farmiga's mom figured that her daughter wasn't who she claimed to be. Yeah, So it's, it's
0: repeating itself a
1: lot in this movie.
0: That's part specifically lended to
1: the twist, though. Yes. Like, to throw you off from the twist. Like, you think you're gonna see the same movie, but really... I mean, there's more. Yeah. And they quote, Orphan wasn't a success, but at least director Colette Serrera crafted it with chilly polish. Orphan First Kill, on the other hand, is a drab thing to look at, with Belle too busy masking his headliner's stature to concoct a single interesting composition and Karim Hussein's cinematography boasting the sheen of a DV-grade home movie. For a film about a murderer who can't grow up either physically or emotionally, well, with her perpetual kill mom, screw dad fixations, it's fitting that this prequel is no more narratively mature than its pred- predecessor. that the series aesthetics have regressed as its star has aged, meanwhile only as to orphan first kills, juvenile dreariness.
0: Like you could see that they were too caught up in other things. Yeah. And that they lost things in other places and just kinda had to toss things in there.
1: Yeah. I get that. I'm not as negative about this movie. Like I they're not wrong. Yeah. Like this is a harsh review and they're not wrong. I get it. But I still have love for this movie. We can see past those things. I can see past it. Yeah. I think half of the stuff they were like complaining about only added to like the funniness of the movie. Yeah. This next one, Orphan First Kill Review, Esther's back in prequel that goes full camp. This is by Megan Navarra. She gave it two and a half stars out of five. I don't know
0: if I'd say camp, but maybe they'll convince me.
1: Maybe. They quote, the now adult Furman reprising her role is the first overt clue that this prequel intended to fully embrace the -the over-the-top 90s thriller vibe its predecessor started, camp and all. This isn't
0: 90s. This is, the first one wasn't based in the 90s, this movie. I don't think they're saying it's the 90s. I feel like the term camp is being a little overused. Like I understand that unintentional camp is a thing and it's like, yes, that is sort of the reason why this movie is funny. It's just a little cheesy. I wouldn't say it's campy.
1: And I think that word is a lot of people interchange mm-hmm. cheesy and in camp. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And also, I feel like camp is kind of like a buzzword that you could put in your article to draw people in. Exactly. And it's one thing to go like, "Oh, it reminds me of this movie from the '90s." Okay, name that movie then. But you can't say it's a ni- you can't say it's a '90s thriller vibe
0: and not cite any examples of what vibe you're getting exactly i think i kind of get what they mean but i would really have loved if they said what movies exactly they mean because there are a lot of 90s thrillers that are campy like i'm sure there are some aspects if i were to go watch a fucking 90s thriller Mm -hmm. and come back to you i'm sure there are elements from that that would lend to this movie and the original But i think you could
1: say that for any decade for any movie You know, like I- A 70s thriller. Like you could say that. Exactly. They just threw this in just to throw it in, I guess. And it
0: just kind of irritated me because I'm, i it's not 90s. You know what? You know what? I think they mean like misery, like that type of thriller. Okay. And I could see that where it's like an unhinged person. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll move on. We should. We should. Yes, we should.
1: They go on to say the movie starts completely different from the first, but then starts to show like familiar patterns. What she has brought to the family's home, like I thought it was going to be different, because like it starts with her like, her escaping the institution. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that's cool, that's different. Yeah. And then we get back into classic orphan, which a lot of people get like really upset about. Like,
0: but we kind of, I mean, kind of have to see. I do have to say this isn't this wasn't her first kill. Mm. She'd killed several people before she. That's true. That's why she's in the institution.
1: Yeah. Someone made that point on Letterboxd and they're like, we should get 10 movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would love to see before she went to the institution. Yeah. That would be interesting in itself. What's her what's her life like before even that, you know? Yeah, like what was she running from?
1: Yeah. What was her childhood like? What was her actual childhood like? Yeah. That would be interesting. That's the prequel I fucking want. Yes. What was as what was Lena's actual childhood like when she was an actual child? The first first kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They talk about the movie's tactics to D.H. Furman in multiple ways. They quote, Forced perspectives and adjusting the heights of set dressing or scene partners present the more successful strategy- strategies conveying Esther's petite size. Watch shots of Esther highlight noticeable child stand-ins, making one of the more distracting approaches to de-aging. Then there's the hazy look of the film itself, almost as though the first kill intends to blur out any possible signs of Furman's adulthood. The choices seem all the stranger in, the f- in that first kill is self-aware. Orphan saw a preteen Furman playing an adult masquerading as a child. First kill features an adult playing an adult trying to pass as a child. Yeah. And the cinematography of this movie is weird. It's super, super hazy, super blurry.
0: Yeah. I kind of like it, though. I didn't hate it. Maybe it's like her past is hazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like an unreliable narrator situation where it's like, everyone else died. How do we know that's actually what happened? Esther could have just come in and killed all of them like that anyway. Yeah.
1: They quote, First kill is at its strongest when it firmly embraces that self-awareness. Esther driving a solo car in a scene, how they tired her life, is delightful, and leaves you wishing this prequel featured more moments like that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I want to know Esther. Or Lena. Yeah.
0: I want to get to know Lena. Yeah, who's Le- who, who is Lena? Who is Lena? Because, <laughs> like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an interesting angle. But I would be okay if HBO made, like, a, a series. series about her life in Estonia. That would be interesting. I would not be upset. I think a lot of people would tune in on that. Yeah. Julia Stiles also brings an
1: unexpected ferocity and surprising foil to Esther's plans. Stiles knows what the movie is going for and carries the energy to match. So much so that she threatens to steal the film from Furman. It brings an imbalance that occasionally defangs and sidelines our favorite little killer.
0: (laughs) I I, I agree with that. I think Julia Stiles does do. She plays her role really well in the same way that, like, Isabel played the role of Esther really well. It seems like she just really understands what this character is mm-hmm. i don't think it's i don't think the movie is harmed by that though no there's room for other people to perform well that's the thing you can have all great actors like
1: yeah prequel wants to shift allegiances and dial up the madness leaning hard into a 90s thriller
0: vibe i uh again no no example cited no example cited
1: nothing it fares as strong as when styles and vermin play off each other but it's prone to sags in energy first kill injects plenty of camp and unhinged moments that'll entertain, but it's inconsistent. That's exasperated by the occasionally ineffective means of de-aging Furman. Those on board with the hammy thriller vibe will likely find themselves heavily amused by Esther's story, finding sustenance on the wild swings to carry them through the plodding stretches. This is our last critic review. This Orphan First Kill to review by Leela Latif on Little White Lies. They quote, malevolent conwoman Esther." gets a backstory in this strangely overdue and unintentionally funny prequel to the 2009 hit. Several of the best horror films come from Mining Threat out of the Unthreatening, be it A Little Boy in The Omen, Foodie Psychologist in The Silence of the Lambs, or White Liberals in Get Out. Orphan fits among these movies in that unassumingly unthreatening way. For those now doing The mass, yes, that means originally an 11-year-old actress played a 33-year-old pretending to be a 9-year-old. Now, we have a 25-year-old playing a 31-year-old, pretending to be a 9-year-old. If that sounds ridiculous, it's because it is. Through a series of uh, body doubles, forced perspectives, and actors standing on platforms, Orphan vs. Kill has a fully grown adult in a child's role. At first, it's completely jarring, but as the film continues, it becomes a strange joy to experience. Each time Fermin is is obviously switched out, or Julie Styles is clearly stood on a box, the B movie hokiness is utterly hilarious. That fun is only enhanced by the complete seriness, seriousness with which each actor is performing their part, particularly the cat and mouse duologues that Styles and Furman practically spit at each other. The question that comes with I almost said Oprah, <laughs> <laughs> Oprah first kill. <laughs> the question that comes with Orphan first kill is uh, is are we laughing at it or with it? Director William Brent Bell, best known for The Boy and the Devil Inside has horror credentials but is not really known for high camp or landing jokes in the middle of jump scares perhaps it doesn't matter and if we are able to allow horror to come from the most unthreatening people we should just appreciate rock solid comedy from unexpected sources too
0: i think the the boy is a silly movie it's very silly i think that movie is ridiculous yeah because i keep talking about like his horror credentials and he's like made all these other horror movies He's made these cheesy fucking horror movies. They're bad movies. Yeah. Everyone
1: anyone who says like, oh, the boys scared the crap
0: out of me. I'm like, really? <laughs> Seriously? It's very silly. It's not so scary. Silly. And it is predictable. Yeah. I do think that like the, the part where they said um, enhanced, the fun is only enhanced by the complete seriousness with which each actor is performing their part. Mm-hmm. Their acting never really made it funnier for me. Their
1: acting is fine. I'm, I'm not laughing...
0: At their acting abilities. Yeah, and it's like not saying it's bad acting, just saying like, I wasn't laughing because the actors were being serious. Mm -hmm. Just the idea of how they filmed all of this. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I'm still invested in the story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, that was our last critic review. Now we're going to go on to audience reviews. We're going to start off with a 10 out of 10 from IMDb, running on 19th of August this year. I really enjoyed this movie. And they say, I'm a fan of the first Orphan movie, and I'll be honest, I was a bit skeptical of the sequel since it has been 13 years since the last movie and didn't know if it would be as good. I just saw the new movie today, and I absolutely loved it. The storyline was really interesting, and I like how we were given a, a peek into Lena's aka Esther's past life. Another great thing is how the movie isn't really that predictable, and it's difficult to guess what is going to happen next. I definitely watched this again, and I have to say it's my favorite horror film of 2022. There are so many other good movies in of horror movies in 2022. Not saying that this is a bad one to like. I just haven't watched a lot this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list some for everyone. Nope. Go see that. Go see Barbarian. Go see Maxine and it's prequel cool. Pearl. Those are two great ones. Mm-hmm. Those are just four on the top of my head that I've seen.
0: No oh, problem. Wow. They're they're gonna be better than this. Personally I wasn't skeptical about this movie coming out i knew what it was gonna be like you were saying earlier i was just happy to be there i was happy that it was here and i was sitting here watching it like i had no expectations no not that i didn't care but like i didn't care enough to be skeptical i feel like both of us sort of have a little unless it's egregiously bad or boring it's really that's what it is if a movie is boring Mm -hmm. but i feel like we have a little bit of a talent of being able to find the fun in any movie exactly we're not taking everything so seriously as a film yeah yeah Like I'm not not to say that we don't have any idea of what is actually good and of like has we know what taste actual good movies and we know bad movies that are good. I have a piece of paper that says I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I earned it.
1: I earned it. I spent four years telling people I know how to know. I know what a good
0: movie is. (laughs) Yeah, I failed math almost twice (laughs) for that degree. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, failed poli sci. I failed so many classes for that degree.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this next one is 1 out of 10 from IMDb. More of a bad comedy than a horror movie. It was written on September 13, 2022. I was really disappointed, as the first Orphan was, was a quiet, good horror movie that would send shivers down my spine. Sally, the second movie, which tries to portray the, the four-story to the first movie, didn't phase me at all. No scary moments, a very bad plot twist, and a dull storyline without a real peak. I was thoroughly disappointed by it, and I wonder how little effort one could put into writing a screenplay. Although the main role of Lena was, as expected, well executed, and I pretty much liked the soundtrack. Nonetheless, this couldn't over overwage the loveless storytelling of an uninspired plot. So sad. It's a pretty good horror movie was used to attract spectators by its name. The movie is without any substance, and I would never recommend it to anyone.
0: Um, okay. Who
1: finds the first orphan, like, legitimately scary?
0: Like, I get creepy. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. I don't know if the world just fucked our brains up (laughs) just growing up in the times that we did, but we're just so much less dis- like easily disturbed by things mm-hmm. like this. The horror of that movie was how disturbing the, the premise is. Mm-hmm. Very disturbing. I am more scared by movies where I'm like, I feel like I'm a little more likely to be in that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on adopting children anytime <laughs> soon, nor do I have children, so I'm not really worried. Exactly. They liked the soundtrack. What the- I don't even know what they were talking about there. What you liked the song "The Glory of Love" and whatever song she was listening to in the car. I have That's like no two. clue what they're talking.
1: about. That's like "Maniac" by someone.
0: Like that, the two songs, the two the songs song- of that movie. Okay,
1: it's just like one of those things too. Like I don't find the same thing scary as other people. Yes, do I understand? Yeah, this movie's creepy. This movie's disturbing. Is there
0: something wrong with us? <laughs> like no, I think people are just sensitive. Yeah, because. Something that made me realize that my brother-in-law is, like, terrified of the idea of even watching the movie Coraline and, like, cannot handle horror Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I get it. Some people just... Are sensitive to other things. Our brains are mush. Yeah. So it does not phase us, I guess. It takes a lot because... It takes a lot. Like, and there's nothing wrong if that's how a movie, like, a horror movie affects you. It's just, I literally don't feel that. This is a person with a different, we just have different brains. We have
1: different perspectives of what we, of what we think (laughs) about movies. Yeah. This next one's from Letterboxd. It has three stars. Me and Esther have a lot in common because we love gaslighting people. We both love (laughs) tilts. There was... 20 other reviews just like this one
0: that is not surprising that's how it was with vera farmiga in the last one it was a lot of be my mommy vera farmiga (laughs) like that's what half of them were
1: this is a one out of ten from imdb says use google before you use a country in your movies a quick Google would have told you Estonia is a member of European Union. It has nothing to do with Russia or Russians except that they could. They have occupied us after Second World War. We have our own language, which is not Russian, nor sounds like one. Our people speak better English than most of Americans and not with a Russian accent. All of these things could have been avoided by doing a Google search and opening a YouTube and watching one video about our country. Movie itself is badly written. Color grading is unacceptable. <laughs> Terrible. The storyline is completely similar to the first movie. There is not much difference here. A few simple differences. I I thought it was important to include their, their opinion because they're not they're not wrong. They're not
0: wrong. I I understand. Like I, they're not they're not wrong in any way. Like they, it literally, they should have googled what people from Estonia sound like mm-hmm. and what that country is actually like instead of because you know, like literally, you said like in the first movie they say she's from Russia. Yeah. So it's like maybe she's doing like a russian accent to keep up with that story but yeah i'm not gonna give that movie the movie the credit for that
1: well like in the first one they say she's from russia so she's obviously gonna have this russian accent and for the prequel Mm -hmm. she's gotta keep it up so it you know
0: yeah it also i don't think a child would know what a estonian accent sounds like so it's completely on the filmmakers for not
1: yeah exactly so there's this one and there was also another one where they uh, have problems with the movie. <laughs> uh, it's one out of ten. It is a mess, Estonian speaking. This is written August 22nd. Some things about Estonia. There are no mountains in Estonia. Dimitri is not an Estonian name. The Vin- I... I think it's Vnimini. Right. I guess it's used in the movie, but it is not an Estonian word. And so on. This is really painful to watch. Please Google Estonia next time, please.
0: those are both completely fair
1: yeah completely fair no notes absolutely
0: i feel like the filmmakers were really banking on the fact that a lot of americans probably don't know much about estonia exactly as an american don't know much about estonia right it could be harmful to estonians to have this like notion that they are so similar to russians and like lump them in with russians i get why you want that distance yeah and like they're their own country in your own country
1: you, you don't need to be lumped in with another one yeah totally fair Understood. Yeah, I got that. This is one out of ten. I am DB. Should have stopped with the original. August 25th. I'm sorry, but I've been so looking forward to seeing this film after only being a late starter to see the original in early 2022. So disappointed. Poor acting, poor story. Ridiculous story, actually. Poor CGI. I really could go on and on. What a waste of two hours of my life. Um, you're new here. You're new here. You're new here. And also That's your fault for having a high expectation. I'm going to say it. It's your fault for having high expectations. This movie did not deserve
0: any expectations. It's been how many years? Someone said it was like 13. Yeah, it's been 13 years. That's exactly why I went in with like nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been 13 years since the first one came out, and they're using the same actress. Yes, it was definitely a cash grab kind of thing. Yeah. But hey what else do you want what else do you want the story's not that bad i think it's a really good fucking angle to go for for what they could do it's
1: not bad it's really not no the next one's four and a half stars from Litterbox. you know it's good as fuck at some point you thought esther was the normal one true that is true that's a good twist
0: mm-hmm. you're siding with a person who in the other movie you were happy to see die yeah exactly and the next one is three stars on Litterbox. first half total
1: garbage second half a plus no notes i liked the first half too i didn't mind it i knew it was going somewhere the second half is better second half is great because of the twist but like you know it's leading up we're getting there yeah you gotta build yeah Next one is one one out of ten stars from IMDb. The title is a huge fan of the original. I'm sad. I honestly never thought I'd be insulted by a movie, but here we are. The original movie is a classic masterpiece, flawlessly directed, beautifully written, remarkably acted, and ended perfectly. Instead of giving the fans the prequel they had been waiting for for twelve years, they tried desperately to be edgy and different and give the fans exactly what they didn't want. with the idea that behind the absolute mess of a story and new characters that I couldn't care less about, it should not be part of the canon they ruin esther's character considering her one of the absolute best horror villains of all time the original is timeless and if it was to be released today it would be just as successful as it was back in 2009 if not even more successful that proves that a prequel for it shouldn't be made at all to hold up to it this person is a mega fan of orphan my goodness
0: i mean i I'm a, i was a pretty big fan of the original one before mm-hmm. the last episode we did mm-hmm I do think that this one could have been like a it seems like a hour long t v special right. I get what they're saying, but I'm not this heated, yeah, I
1: just love I never thought I'd be insulted by a movie, like insulted what that's <laughs> the thing like they spit on you like, <laughs> yeah, as a huge fan of the original they're a mega fan, so i i am I'm not near i I don't know how to. I Yeah, I, that's a, a lot of these. I'm like, I just am not at this level. No, like I'm... I'm not. I don't know how to disagree with them. Because like, you know, okay, right, you didn't really like it, but this
0: person really didn't like it. I don't think the characters are characters you can't care like you couldn't care about I don't think that was the point I don't think you're supposed to care about anyone but like the dad maybe yeah exactly you're I mean you're just kind
1: of you're here to see what happens you're not here to get uh, like to bond with
0: anyone you know you're not here to get attached to anyone you're just getting background info you know these people are gonna die you know she's gonna live
1: yeah This next one's three and a half stars from Letterboxd. I take issue with the title because Esther is clearly already very experienced at killing when the movie begins, which implies that there are more stories to be told and additional prequels. Please make more of these movies. They are awesome.
0: Yeah, if they can make, like, ten Annabelle movies, they can make as many Orphan movies. No kidding. And with all, like, we, we hardly know Esther. We don't know where she comes from. I want to know that. Exactly what we were saying earlier. Like, yeah, like, this person is completely right. The title is false.
1: Yeah, Zach, it, it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you
0: said that earlier. Mm-hmm. So definitely. This next one's two out of ten
1: stars. So apparently insulting the audience intelligence is the definition of nearly all modern horror and thriller movies now. Right from the beginning, when I saw the guard being enticed by the titular orphan, I felt I knew what kind of ride I was in for. The whole brilliant escape plan solidified my view of it. Now maybe horror movies since a long time have always been shown some level of stupidity or ineptitude in its characters and I was just either oblivious or too much invested in those flicks and maybe now I've just gotten bored of watching such character tropes or maybe it's just the audience that likes watching similar stuff again and again or maybe the filmmakers don't care what they put out as long as they're thinking that their stuff might sell well whatever it is i'm hoping for a game changer in the genre which this movie isn't now on its technical aspects why does this movie have a weird hazy ugly look was it supposed to look bad or just the cinematography process didn't work out as good certainly doesn't help to make it look better
0: i like that they admit that like maybe they've just seen this too many times. Mm-hmm. and they are, aren't are phased by it or can't be impressed by it.
1: Yeah. I'm not watching this movie to be impressed, so
0: No, <laughs> I do exactly. that walking in. I'm not doing this to be impressed. I'm watching it because it's here. <laughs> the point where they said, like, they were hoping for a game changer, mm-hmm. it's literally, like, a prequel, so I don't think it's going to be a game changer for the genre. You picked the wrong movie to bet on to be a game changer. Like you were saying, there's a lot of other horror movies that came out even just this year. Exactly. There are great
1: films coming out every year. You just kind of have to look for them.
0: And it is hard to navigate within horror film. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really easy to get discouraged mm-hmm. from thinking that there could be a good one because there are so many bad ones to wade through to get to a good one. Mm-hmm. So I understand, like, the jadedness of a horror film fan at this point. hmm
1: This is a 1 out of 10 on IMDb. It's called Speechless. (laughs) Just another disgusting and stupid movie in the world. Don't expect too much about it. Trust me. You hate someone, recommend this movie to them. (laughs) This person was hateful. I don't want to know this person after them saying this. They are an angry person.
0: Again, I just, I cannot fathom being that extreme. They called it disgusting. I mean. That's a bit much. If you hate someone, recommend this movie to
1: them. That is funny though. I love that. This is a half star. A letterbox. The only good thing about it is to see rich people suffering. That is true. <laughs> Look at if He's you like true. that, you'll like this movie. This is a half star from Letterbox. Meet the Robinsons. If you if he couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Two out of ten stars. Thirteen years for this. <laughs> I watched the original when it came out and I loved it. One of the best original horrors of of the 2000s, but this was a monumental disappointment. Sloppy dialogue, poor acting, and horrendous SPFX to name just a few of this movie's most prominent faults. The plot and idea for this film had great potential. Less about a twist and a shock, and more of a story to provide context to what we've already seen, but yet it missed on all points. Without providing spoilers, I can't go on. Therefore, what I will finish on is simply this. Feel free to watch this movie if you desire. If you wish to try to awaken the nostalgia and excitement the original the original provides, then callbacks are plenty. You shall enjoy. However, this is however that is all this film can provide—a shallow, weak husk of what was one of the greatest horror films in modern times.
0: That's extreme. That is, and I like that they go simply this and then go on for, like, three more sentences. Exactly. They are right that, like, it is, like, the nostalgia factor from the original that makes this movie enjoyable. There's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I feel like just a lot of people are holding the uh, first movie on a very high pedestal, and I don't...
1: They are talking it was, like, the best movie ever, and it's, like, it was fine. Yeah, it's enjoyable.
0: It, It was interesting.
1: It was entertaining.
0: Yeah, like, the twist when you watch it the first time yes it's great but it's like the sixth sense it's like well i know what the twist is so yeah the, it loses the magic once you know what happens exactly and there weren't a lot of positive critic reviews of the first one
1: yeah that's the thing they're acting like the orphan was like the successful horror movie that got so much praise i'm like i don't think it did i think it, it made money this one's four stars from letterbox first movie was fire this one is not a it's not as fire but still pretty good Clever writing done halfway through for the plot was a snoo up until that point. How they managed to get Isabel Furman look like a tiny kid at 25 blows my mind. Share the skin routine, bro. I do enjoy little girls being the shit out of people thoroughly.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that last bit. (laughs) Uh, I get- uh, yeah, I can't- I can't really- I don't really have a thing to say about that last part. I don't think she looked like a tiny kid, but- I do not agree with that. She does have great skin, though. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's also I feel like um the filter that was over the movie that make it look all hazy, so like really softened. That's probably why they did it. That's what I'm thinking too. Like it's
0: really like to soften the the face. I'm not gonna say that they meant to do this, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like a memory. <laughs> it's a memory. It's a flashback. It's one big long flashback. Mem- memories are hazy. Like yeah, I'm not gonna say they did it on purpose, but right. I get it though.
1: I get it. We're gonna end on a ten out of ten with the title just while. Wow. I actually started to watch the original and it just really wasn't appealing to me. So I saw the prequel list again, never saw the original. There was nothing on streaming that I cared about and hadn't already seen. So I gave the prequel a try and it was awesome. The backstory made all the difference to me. I actually watched it twice back to back because I felt like I had missed something. And even the second watch, I couldn't look away. After enjoying the prequel so much, I gave the original another try and loved it as well. If you watch the prequel first and then the original, so many more things click. I think anyone reading these reviews enjoy these
0: movies and I'm pretty and I'm a pretty hard critic I'm that kind of person who like if I enjoyed a movie I will watch it again right after mm-hmm. even if it's just like put it on in the background like kind of felt that way with this movie felt that way with the original too where it felt like I feel like I wasn't paying attention enough at this part so I'm gonna go watch it again like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know I don't know if that's weird but weird but i do that with tv shows all the time like i'll just rewatch tv shows all the time or just have the same show that i watch over and over i don't think it's weird because i religiously
1: put on vanderpump rules Mm -hmm. almost every day
0: the amount of times i've seen jersey shore
1: that jersey shore too it's like a comfort thing you know Mm -hmm. i know what to expect because i liked it you know so i'm gonna put it on as background stuff you know yeah i thought it was just interesting that they watched the prequel first and then the the original yeah i just thought that was funny
0: I feel like that would lend to a better viewing experience, honestly, if you had never seen the original.
1: It makes sense. Like, it makes yeah. sense, like, because it flow, I guess it can flow pretty well, just like the sequences of events that happens.
0: Like, it makes sense. I get it. It does. I mean, there is some discrepancies between the two, but I think that's a, that was a pretty good 10 out of 10. Right. I know you were saying it was hard to find ones with any interesting things in them. Yeah, this was the one that I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's interesting. So. That is a good one.
1: So overall, what would
0: you give this movie? I would, I would say like a six and a half out of ten.
1: That's a good one. I could rewatch this movie. This movie is, if you're not taking it seriously, really funny.
0: And even though it is goofy, it's yeah. entertaining still outside so entertaining. of those parts. The acting's pretty good. Yeah. Like,
1: I liked it. Mm-hmm. I I think a six is a, is an appropriate rating for this movie because it's, yeah. it's not a
0: seven. <laughs> but no. It's entertaining. Is there anything else you want to mention before we... No. Feel like we said everything. As you know, horror film marathon. So if you have any suggestions, DM us on Instagram at easy big takes. You can suggest other kinds of movies too, <laughs> for the future. And if you have any any other comments or memes that you want to send us also at Easy Big Takes on Instagram. We have a TikTok at Easy Big Takes. Transcripts of the podcast are on easybigtakespodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen. And thank you so much for listening. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Big Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.